Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Good evening, good Monday, everyone. This is the Icon, and Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing is on temporary assignment once again. So, Granny Hawkster and the Icon will hold down the fort. We've come accustomed to this. It's nothing new to us. We're going to put on a stellar show, and that is a fact. So let me go ahead real quick before I bring Granny on. uh, Let everybody know who our guests are. We're going to have uh, Ashley Slashay. We're going to have Keelan Wendorf, and we're going to have uh, Sylvia Zage. Uh, We have two comedians, one wrestler, and a partridge in a pear tree with Granny and the icon. So, Granny... Welcome to the show. How are you? Well, I'm hanging in there, Icon. My Chiefs won yesterday, and by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, but hey, a win is a win is a win. So I was just happy that they beat those nasty old Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my team uh, squeaked out a victory as well. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, but uh, unfortunately, Big Swings team didn't lose by a narrow margin. They lost by a big margin. And, uh, you know, in honor of Big Swing not being here, I'm going to have to say... You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Oh, my. Uh, and, Sorry, uh, Big Swing. I'm not running the switchboard. <laughs> Here's what I got to say about them Cowboys. <laughs> hey, you – no, okay. All right, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – Moving on, gonna, moving on, Icon. Yeah, uh, okay. So, uh, uh, Granny, I don't know if you uh, want to talk a little bit about this. You know, you mentioned uh, that you have a little uh, – you know, you're feeling a little under the weather. It's not a nasal thing. It's unfortunately that 19 thing. Um and, uh, you know, uh, we're glad that you're able to join us tonight because I don't know what I'd do if I had to do this thing by myself. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, like I said, I don't have the temperature. I just have a slight runny nose and a little bit of a cough. But, I I mean, I don't feel bad. I'm just – I sound kind of stopped up, folks, so I do apologize. But 
I due to my underlying health issues that Granny has, I figured it would be safe than sorry to get tested, and unfortunately, it tested positive. So Granny's going to be hibernating for the next couple of weeks at home. Well, you'll still be able to join us next week, right? As far as I know, you know, God willing, then unless you know, I end up in the hospital, which I hope that doesn't happen. So. Well, you know, Granny, here, here's one way to look at it, okay? So COVID-19 is a heal. You don't like yes. the heals. No, and I don't. You can, <laughs> you can take out the heals. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you know, the sad thing is, Icon, I've lost some very good friends because of this horrible, horrible disease that everybody thinks is a joke. So, fans, it's not a joke. I wear my mask when I go shopping. I wear my mask when I'm out in public. I wash my hands. I did everything possible that I thought was to keep me safe from this. And lo and behold, I still got it. So it's not a joke, fans. So if you're out there and you say, oh, I can't catch this, I'm not going to worry about wearing a mask, please listen to Granny because I know what I'm talking about. Take care of yourselves. Keep yourself safe. That's all I'm saying. Public announcement from Granny Holkster. You know, and, you know, it's not a political statement at all. It it may sound what I'm about to say uh, as a political statement. We don't talk politics here. But I I do want to mention this, okay? The – too much time on this, but, you know, the the current administration – when it first came out, remember, called it a hoax, and it's not a hoax. Something could have been done, whether him doing it himself or anybody in his, whatever. It doesn't matter. It is what it is right now. But we can't change the past, but we can make it a brighter future. So, yes, wear a mask. It's not taking away your freedom to wear a mask when they tell you to. It's to save people. It's to save you. It's to save your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your pets, your coworkers. Put on a mask. I mean, man, it's not that hard to do. Every job I work at, I have to wear a mask. The only time I do not wear a mask is when I'm at my uh, house with my with my loving bride. Uh, it's the only time I don't wear a mask. We don't wear a mask in the house. But as soon as we go outside the door, we put them out. Everybody, for the sake of love and country and everything else, wear a mask, please. We love our fans. We want you to keep coming back every week. We want to be together every week with you. We're here to entertain you. And unfortunately, we can't entertain you if you're not here. So please, wear a mask. Okay, we're done. That's it. Done with that. Okay, moving on. So, uh, so Granny, uh, you know we got uh, we got a, a few minutes before our, our uh, first guest calls in. Do you think, uh, you know, if you had to say it right now, that uh, your team will uh, be uh, playing in the Super Bowl? You think they're going to get that far, or do you think that there I... might be a hiccup? No, I'm sure hoping that we will make we will make it to the Super Bowl again. I'm I'm really hoping. I mean, now I will have to admit our defense 
it needs to step up a little bit, you know, but, um, you know, we've got some tough opponents coming up the rest of the season and, you know, just, I, but Patrick Mahomes, I mean, God love that man. I tell you, he's, he he's is an, absolutely amazing. He is so he's humble an and he is so humble and, I mean, but, yeah, our defense needs to step up a little bit. Now, of course, you have the referees that like to make some questionable calls. And, and you know, I mean, our only loss icon was to those nasty Raiders week five. And, you know, and that right game, now, you know, we lost by eight points that game. And there were many questionable calls that game. So, but. When we played against the Raiders in Las Vegas last week, we ended up beat. We came back and beat them. So, you know, it. it, it I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I will. You know, this is the way I look at this icon. I will support my Kansas City Chiefs, no matter what. Win, lose, I will and always be I'm there the to support way. my Chiefs. I'm the same. I'm will, the same way. I've never you know, twisted my ankle getting off the bandwagon. So I'm the same way. But with so you know, I just, I, I just, I love my Chiefs, and I will support them no matter what. You know, my friends they tease me about the Chiefs, and I always tell them, I say, well, it ain't over till the fat lady starts singing, and I have not started tuning up my vocal cords yet. Well, what what gets me though? I mean, here's the thing: I'm very passionate about my team, just like you are. And when someone, uh, you know, jumps on Facebook and chastises my team or, uh, you know, I've had plenty of peepees won yesterday, but with the, some of the posts, you think we lost. And it's ridiculous, and I hate that. You know, and everybody says, well, you know, you, you know you're, you're one of those fans that, no, I've stuck by the Vikings thick and thin no matter what it is. I've never twisted my ankle getting off the bandwagon. Same with the Indians, you Bison. I was in the stands when we were three and eight. You know, and uh, well, there you know, were some, there were some there were some posts about the Chiefs. You know, talking about their defense and talking about this and talking about that. You know, guys, there's no I in the word team. It takes everybody to make the game work, and I hate when whether it's the sportscasters or the media, but when they just say it, start talking about one person making the whole team, it's not about one person making the whole team. Now, God, granted, I mean, Derek Thomas, God rest his soul, he was one of the best defensive players, number 58, that the Kansas City Chiefs ever had. And when he was killed in that when he had that accident that Super Bowl weekend and him and his friends were on their way to the airport to go, you know, and he crashed his vehicle and he ended up dying in that accident. Yes, that was a huge loss for Kansas City. But Derek right. Thomas was not the whole defense. Yes, I will admit he always played a big part of the defense line. But he wasn't the whole entire defense. It takes everybody to make the team. People, if you're trashing your team when they win, 
come on. I mean, you know, I get a little upset, you know, when my Chiefs are maybe not playing as good as they could be or as good as they should be. But I'm not going to give up on. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to give up on them, like some people would. I get upset too. I I mean, I'm not uh, you know. And uh, our our first guest should be calling in here shortly. So uh, whenever they uh, jump on, we'll we'll go to them. But um, you know, it's it it goes like this. I'm not a fair weather fan. I, I I stand by my team thick and thin, and I will defend my team to the very end. So I will too. I mean, if you uh, if you want to uh, talk smack about the team that I cheer for, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right back in your face. Period. That's what I'm gonna do. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it is it is what uh, it is what it is. So uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just just saying, you know. So uh, our first guest did confirm, so we'll just wait for them to call in, and uh, uh, we'll wait for uh, our first guest, Ashley, to call, and uh, should uh, should have some fun. And, of course, you know, uh, one guy I do feel bad for in the NFL right now is a good friend of mine, Carson Wentz. Um, the fans in Philadelphia have really been getting on him. And uh, I feel I feel bad for the guy, you know. And I've I've said this before: Philadelphia does not deserve a quarterback like Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, he's he's a he's a great guy. They they don't deserve him, really. They just they just don't. So hopefully, the uh, I guess should be calling in shortly, so we can keep on our time frame, and then we can continue this in between guests. So yeah. So, how is Homer and Midget doing? I mean, I know they're still the best of buddies, and well, you know, I'll tell you what, Homer and Midget—they, um, they, um, those two live in a world of their own. You know, we have all these, uh, we have all these uh, uh, animal pillows or whatever you want to call them, pillow people, whatever. Of uh, you know, we got the Bison, the Gophers, the Twins, and the Vikings, and. Uh, they just like to lay on these pillows, you know, and it's it's really cute. And um, you know, like I say, hopefully we'll be able to get you out here for our wedding because uh, uh, Homer would uh, would like to spend some time with you. And uh, well, we'll I'd uh, love to that... spend some time with Homer, you know. So, God willing, oh. I can be there, Homer, you know. And uh, he, uh, you know, he uh, he like every time he hears your voice when I'm on the phone with you, he uh, he perks up because he knows that Granny's listening. So, well, well, Homer's got good taste. He's got good taste in people. I love. He knows I love doggies, and so he knows I love him. So, of course, I would love midget too because I love cats just as much as I do dogs. So, you know, right. So I'm wondering why our uh, caller is not called in yet. Um, so how was your Thanksgiving, Icon? Good. Uh, it was, you know, it was kind of depressing a little bit because my whole family wasn't able to get together because, uh, you know, uh, my sister's family, they uh, they got the COVID thing, so they didn't want to come down, and uh, I guess I can understand that. So... 
Yeah, I sure do. I sure understand that for sure. So ours was okay too. So. So I'm watching the board. Hopefully that I guess we'll call in here. Um, I just I'm I'm going to say lots of prayers tonight that my son does not have this nasty horrible thing. I'm praying that he tests negative because he his immune system is so bad that if he were to get this, I would be so afraid for him because I would hate to see him end up in the hospital with this nasty stuff. So. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if you want to take it for a little bit, I'm going to try and get our guest on the phone here and see okay. what uh, if I can uh, try this. Uh, if I can get... So, fans, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your friends and family and if you weren't able to be together due to this horrible thing called COVID-19, I mean, I know they were recommending that people didn't travel, people remain safe, and I hope all of our listeners everywhere in the world are are being safe and you all are taking good care of yourselves. Because as I said, this is no joking matter. This is very serious. And everything needs to be, everybody needs to just be conscientious and, you know, just keep yourself safe. I mean, that's about the bottom line of it. So. Hello? And we're, oh. Hey, Ashley, this is uh, Icon from Attitude Air Live. You ready to go on? Sure. All right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put you on the board. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you. Then we'll have some fun. All right. Awesome. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, stepping through the ropes right now. She gives new meaning to the word slash because it's in her name. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope I pronounced this right. We have Ashley Slash A. Yes, you are the very first person to get it right on the first try. <laughs> which is which is a rare, very rare occasion for me. Uh, if you want to go ahead and read that one script I sent you real quick, then we'll have some fun with this interview here. All right, let me grab that quick. Hey, this is Ashley Slashy. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and granny holster. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Big swing, unfortunately, is not here uh, tonight. He's uh, on temporary assignment. Uh, He didn't want to hang with us. He he was blinded by your beauty, so that's why he's not here. Oh, man. And uh, I, I'm I'm mesmerized by you, but I'm talking to you, and he's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, we have uh, Ashley here with us. We got uh, 25 minutes here with Ashley. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll ask you some questions, and we'll have some fun. Oh my gosh, what would you like to know? Well, just give 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 us a little general background, then we can fill in the blanks with the questions. Okay. Well, I started training. Um, about 2009, um, I was just going to local house shows as a fan, and I met Dusty Rhodes, and he was like, well, why aren't you actually in the business? And I was like, 
well, I don't know how to get started. And he just kind of took me backstage and I met some people and it took off from there. So you, you, you said that the American dream, Dusty Rose, is that correct? Yep. <laughs> so That's did he awesome. Say, so did he say... The first uh, time I stepped in the ring, it was because he took me into the ring. Wow. So did he say, uh, so he say this is American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and we want you to step in the ring, baby, and we want you to get out there, and we want you to entertain the fans, because this is American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yep, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I showed That's up awesome. as, a, as like a little tiny... I want to say 15, 16 year old fan. And I was, I was very young at the time and I was dressed all in polka dots and like a skirt or like in a dress all in polka dots. So I looked like ballet used to look like. So did you, uh, so did you get to uh, meet uh, gold dust and Stardust as well? Yeah. um, I used to ballet for him too. So I, when I met Dusty Rhodes for the first time, I looked like Sapphire, so he took me into the ring, and we did that together, and it was really nice. So that was my very first time in the ring, and I, I was not expecting it at all, because I was just a fan, and I had no idea what was happening or what was going on. Like, it wasn't pre-planned at all. It was just, like, him being, like, a really nice guy to his fans. And then uh, from there, and- like, many years later... I was like, I was backstage as a worker, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to work with your dad, by the way. <laughs> and it was him. Then we, like, started an instant connection from that. Uh, Ashley, this is is our guest here. We got 23 minutes here with Ashley. Uh, so now, your wrestling style, let's talk about that. Are you, uh, are you uh, like, a high flyer, like a Rey Mysterio? Are you a technical wrestler like Bret Hart? Are you, like, that ass kicker like China in your case? Um, I would say definitely an ass kicker. Um, my main inspiration surprises most people. <laughs> I would say. So you know you you know you got to this because of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I I love doing I love doing Dusty's voice. I I just love doing you know <laughs> I I used to I used to call up and prank my friends and say this is American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, and uh, they thought it was really how many believed anyway. you. <laughs> a lot. Uh, oh, here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm missing my ninth front teeth, so I can't really do it as well as I used to do it. But uh, you know, it is what it is. So now, um, <laughs> so you know, you you're, you're you're that you got that you got that as kicker uh, uh, style. And so, are you more of a uh, a baby face, an in betweeny, a heel, or you are what the crowd thinks you're going to be? Uh, I want to say I'm in between. Sometimes I do usually. I I don't want to sound like a bitch. I do usually work with like legends, and they're usually booked as baby faces because you know that's that's who the crowd comes to see. And that's who, like, everyone gets excited to see. And then that kind of puts me in that category as well. But when I when I first started training, and then when I do get, like, solo work, everyone who books me is like, yeah, you got a really bitchy face. And I'm like, but I'm so nice. <laughs> like, your, your face is just so bitchy, though. Like, 
look at you. You, you you're a fucking bitch. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't. I just look the way that I look. I'm so sorry. Like, and then, in like my outside work, they're like, you can't do, like, the characters that you're trying to do, because you just have this certain look to you. Like, you can't show up and be this person or that person because you just you look really mean. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. Well, with, with that being said, uh, we have Ashley Slash A as our guest here. We have um, we have about 20 minutes. Granny, we have a potential heel on our hands. What do you got? Well, you know, Granny Hulkster is a huge fan of this business. I'm not a wrestler. I've just, that's my gimmick name. I've had it for probably 25 plus years. But I could talk oh, pretty wow. good smack to the heel. So, if you were a heel and I was at a wrestling show, I think I'd have a lot of fun talking smack to you because all my wrestling buddies, I'm 58 years old, and they always tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip. Now, I had one wrestler about three or four years ago. He he was being the heel that night, and he got in my face. He says, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? I grabbed my keys out of my purse, and I threw my fist in his face. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. And he ran off screaming. Yeah. I had some pretty good fun. I mean, I've been handcuffed to managers, you know. I I mean, I've met a lot of big... No, no, I've never hit anybody. Now, Tommy Dreamer took my cane out of my hand one time and used it on Matt Riviere at the last TCW show in, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, back in 2013. But I've never hit anybody with my cane. So I've had some people try to grab my cane and, and use it on other people. Well, you know, I, Granny knows her limitations. But that being said, so it's a pleasure to have you on our show with us tonight. I would love to watch you beat somebody so, down. Well, um, there might be some old reruns on the YouTube. You know, if you, if you type in traditional championship wrestling, I wore a yellow T-shirt, and it says Granny Holkster, Queen of TCW. Now, my original Granny shirt says, what you going to do when Granny Holkster goes crazy on you? Yes. And, I mean, I'm friends with the Rock and Roll Express, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I've met so many big names over the years. But one of my questions to you is, what made you decide you wanted to get into this business of wrestling that we all love so much? I was a huge – well, I still am. I was a huge fan of JBL. So he was my number one inspiration to get into the business. Which version? <laughs> just JBL, not Bradshaw, not APA, just JBL. Okay, all right. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone is always like, you know, APA, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> Regular Rey Mysterio ass kicking JBL. What was your most challenging match you've ever done in your career, and who was it against? Oh, man. Or one of your most challenging matches. And you can't say me because we haven't had a match yet. (laughs) 
I want to say the ones where people are intentionally trying to hurt you. Uh. That's always bugs. Because people assume that you don't know what you're doing and they just see a girl and then they go out of their way to try and hurt you. And that happens more often than not. Especially the times where I'm not working with somebody that is instantly recognizable, like a name, like a name. And then they'll be like, here's a girl coming into our circle. And I'll, sometimes I'll be the only girl that's working there. And then they'll just actually hurt you. And that's wow. Like, yeah. Uh, Ashley Slassey is our guest here. We got 16 minutes here with Ashley. Now, uh, now, don't take what I'm about to ask the wrong way, but I, 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 I got to ask this. Uh, it's kind of an ego thing. Uh, you know, the icon made you a cool collector's card, and I sent it to you on Messenger. You know which one I'm referring to? I think so. Uh, you know, it's the one where uh, it's got your name. It's got the different oh, yeah, poses. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I'm kind of curious. The the one the one pic uh, the one picture I used on the corner uh, corner. You, you know, you got the white and black hair. You know, you, you kind of mm-hmm. got like the you, you kind of got the Coella Deville thing going there. Um, <laughs> uh, do you still wear your hair like that, or is that just like mm-hmm. uh, was that just something? Really? Um, yeah, that's how it is currently. So uh, I I. I I would I don't say that the, um, you... the middle is outdated. So I, I, uh, is, you, is your natural hair color blonde or black, or is it something else? Black. Black. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You look. You look. You look awesome as a blonde. You know, and uh, well, you know, you look <laughs> awesome anyway. But, uh, you know, so. What we we won't spend too much time on this. Uh, you know, we'll kind of touch on these a little bit. Uh, you know. Everybody is going. We're going through this COVID crap, you know, and uh, you know it, it's been a hell for everybody. You know, Granny's got it, and you know it. It is what it is. But oh uh, how has how has it affected you? Have you had to blank out your calendar at a certain point? Uh, have you had matches postponed that'll be rescheduled or just canceled? Uh, how has it affected you? Um, there's been absolutely no wrestling this year. Um, at least for me. Um, everyone I know in my area has, who has wrestled has had COVID um, or who's been ex- exposed to matches or worked in the ring. Just everyone who's been near a ring has had COVID or caught it in some way. So, like, with this year off, I've just been coming back to social media and working on that and doing my best with social media stuff. So that's been my year off. And I'm so just do you, doing Do you know then when your next match might be, if at all? Hopefully next year. It's just yeah, too it, dangerous. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, uh, you know, uh, I like to tell people, you know, that with the whole social distancing thing, I'm used to it because I try to get a date for prom, you know. Um, <laughs> so, so girls get their social distance from me. Um, 
and then the other thing I was going to ask you before I ask you some of the tough questions, um, uh, do you, you think you might be willing to do uh, some of the autographs for our giveaways uh, to do that? Sure. Awesome. So now when uh, things do normalize, hopefully sooner than later for everybody with all this COVID stuff, uh, do you uh, do you plan on just uh, staying uh, in your home area there for a while, or do you just want to just hit the ground running, and just get out there and just go to wherever you can get booked? Um, I'm I'm good with going wherever I can get booked right now. Um, I have a little bit of injuries going on at the moment, but as soon as that's all cleared up, I am good to go. And. Uh, uh, you, you, you just mentioned injury. Are, are you willing to kind of elaborate on that? Like what kind of injury it was and who did it? And uh, uh, are you are you looking for revenge? I'm definitely looking for revenge, but I was in a car accident, so it was completely unrelated to wrestling. Oh, so uh, so your opponent, uh, your future opponent, has somebody. Uh, run into you with their car to take you up. I, I see how they are. I get it. That, that's that's so unfair. That's so unprofessional. You know? It really is. It really is. <laughs> it's like, geez, they, they, they don't have the guts to take you straight up, so they got to have someone go after you with their car. They pulled a Vince McMahon on me. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, man. I'll tell you. Now, if you ever need a... If you ever need a ring manager to help you out, and you, uh, whenever you get back out there, if you ever get close to Fargo, North Dakota, you let me know. Uh, maybe we can uh, get you booked uh, with our Puffamania organization out here in North Dakota. Oh, I'm down for that. You know, uh, I'll. Uh, so, can I pass your information on to uh, our promoter and see what we can do? Of course. Awesome. Because I, I would I would love to uh, I would love to escort you to the ring and then you you like slap me out of there or something I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so now I'm kind of curious. One, one thing I, I like to ask all independent wrestlers and no one ever answers answers the same way. So I will uh, so I will uh, I'll put it to you. Two part question. Uh, let's say that you're at an event and someone uh, an official from like AEW or the WWE sees you in a match and they come and talk to you and say hey. You know, you should uh, come do a tryout and uh, come check us out. Two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do? And two, if you do get that big-time contract, would you not big-time us and still talk to us and still be our friend? (laughs) Of course I would still be your friend. Hold on one second. Awesome. I pulled it out on the tape. Okay, what do I do? I took this out. Stick a new one in. I want another one out. We'll finish tonight. Put the TV on. I hit that. Which one? No, just use the regular remote. The one that we have? Yes. Just hit what? Anything. Oh. All right. Goodbye. So, uh, <laughs> so I, 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 I hear you're giving some uh, 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 great uh, cooking tips for some of them. Darn holiday leftovers. I am an amazing cook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I just, I, I, we, we just heard that you had uh, your future opponent in the background there, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so, but that is something that you would want to do. Um, I have, I have been at um, a tryout for. I did. Um, I was a rosebud back when. 
Adam Rose was a thing. And oh, okay. that was okay. <clears throat> I wasn't used for it. And I was just backstage, you know, you like just hanging out. And they didn't do anything with it. So that was interesting. And then another time, like, what? John Laurinaitis came up to me, and he was like, you're really pretty. And I was like, thanks. And then I forgot to say, hey, I'm a worker. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> so when, when you met John Laurinaitis, he's like, hey, hey, you're, you're kind of attractive, and maybe maybe you should get in the ring. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, and then I could go oil up Vince while you're in the ring. <laughs> He he was very into the way I looked, and then I did not tell him that I was a worker, and then he walked away. And I remembered later, I was like, oh, fuck, I messed up. Well, think about this, though. I mean, look at who his stepdaughters are. They're the, his stepdaughters are the Bella Twins, for goodness sakes. I did meet them, too, when I was backstage, and Nikki wasn't very nice, but Bree was so sweet and amazing. Well, you know, Bree, uh, like the most amazing woman you could ever meet. She was so kind. But Nikki uh, was like, well, you know, I'll I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll kind of give a little uh, uh, a little quick story here because this is your time, and uh, we have Ashley Fassay with us. We got eight minutes. Uh, kind of give this little background story. Um, uh, um, the I I like to refer to her as the the mean Bella. Uh, you know, she, uh, she, she comes up, she comes up to me, I'm at ringside and she comes down the aisle and she comes up to me and then she's like about to give me a hug. And then she puts up the, you know, the big L on her forehead, you know? And, uh, I'm like, well, that's not very nice of you. And then, uh, as she's in the ring, I said, Hey, I loved you at twilight. You know, Bella. <laughs> yeah. And she said, hi, you're funny. Jerk! Oh, oh! I I didn't know she could hear me. <laughs> nice. And then every then everybody in ringside is like, all of a sudden everybody like snaps too, and they they're like looking dead at me, and they're like, oh my god, Bella just talked to you. I was like, oh well, great. Uh, <laughs> still don't like her. <laughs> I love but that. Anyway. So now. Uh, your ring style, you know, you mentioned you, you know, you're just that that ass kick. You got that ass kicking style. I'm kind of curious. What is your finishing maneuver? What is it called? What's involved? And in, uh, I'll see if I'd uh, volunteer to take it. Oh my gosh. Um. So it, it's literally just a clothesline. Because <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to honor JBL and carry that on. The clothesline from hell? Yep. Yeah, and you, you, uh, you don't have a name for it? You just call it a clothesline? You don't call it like the, uh, like um, the slash? It's called or, the uh, 88. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, is it one of those deals like uh, when you when you throw someone off the ropes and you hit that clothesline, they, like, they know they've been had, you know? Yeah. They're <laughs> There ain't no getting up from that. Yep. <laughs> and uh, 
we got uh, we got uh, Ashley slash Shane with us. We got about five minutes here, real quick, so we uh, so we can get to, get this in here. If our fans wanted to check you out, and uh, promoters listening might want to book you. You got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a Facebook, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Oh my God, I'm live on Twitch right now. <laughs> Um, hello, oh my God. hello to all the fans on Twitch. Yep, see, you know, everyone can hear us on Twitch. So, or I think maybe just me. I don't know how that's working. Um, so, let me see if I have all of my stuff. So, my Instagram is Kendo Stick Butcher. Kendo Stick Butcher? Uh, yep. Sounds painful to me. Yep. <laughs> uh, my Twitter is Demo Gorgeous. And Twitch is just Ashley Slashy. Very easy. Same thing for Facebook. And you can find me on TikTok as Demo Gorgeous as well. And, you know, it, you know, it, it's, and I also it's, it's interesting. You know, you have... Check- you ha- you have all these different names, you know, and uh, I guess now, like I say, and again, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, I mean, I guess I can see why with some of your names there, like the Kindlestick, whatever, uh, I can see why people would think that you have the heel tendencies, you know. I mean, some people just need an ass kicking. Well, that's yeah. not all. Uh, <laughs> some yeah. people just. Uh, yeah. Some people just need it. And, you know, our fans will say that I do. And, uh, heck, I, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd get in the ring with you. I'd, I'd stand there and let you kick my ass. I mean, you know, uh, you know, at least I'm getting famous, uh, more famous than I already am now, you know. Uh, so, real quick here, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're not going to be uh, out, uh, you know, until um, – uh, you know, next year, which is, you know, unfortunate, but uh, do you have any idea on uh, where you'd want to uh, start out at or um, just go wherever? Um, I'm probably going to circulate around the Boston area for a while. You can find me throughout there. I originated That's- in this area, so... That's awesome, and you know, big swing. You know, you you know, you mentioned Boston. You know, big swing. You know, he's out in uh, he's out in New York, and we all know how uh, Boston and uh, New Yorkers get along. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Swingly>. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Ashley, you're you're awesome, and Yankees. Uh, Boston. What we what we would like to do here, uh, we got about uh, sixty seconds here. What we would like to do is. Uh, uh, in 2021, we would like to have you back um, with us uh, so we can, uh, uh, you know, uh, let us know how you rebounded from uh, the COVID and all this stuff. And uh, you know, you're you're very awesome, and uh, we love you taking time out of your schedule to join us. And uh, we thank you for putting us out on uh, Twitch there. And uh, uh, if you could send us uh, some autographs for uh, the giveaways, we would appreciate that. And uh, we love everything you do. We love everything about you. And uh, we uh, we thank you very much. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. 
All right. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. Me too. All right. Ashley Slashy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness gracious. Get the clothesline from hell and get slashed at the same time. Uh, she is wonderful. <laughs> she is awesome. And <laughs> you cannot beat that. And uh, so uh, our next guest is uh, on uh, already. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, introduce him. Uh, I'll put him on. I'll introduce him. And then we'll uh, have some fun with our next guest. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Stepping in the ropes right now. This gentleman is a barrel of laughs. And he's got some wrestling background as well. Not only is he the world's best comedian today, he's also the coolest friend I have in the comedy business. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Keenan Wendorf. Hey, hey, this is Keelan Windorf. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host Icon, Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? How are you? Um, uh, we have, uh, it's just me and uh, Granny tonight. Uh, All right. Because uh, uh, Big Swing is on temporary assignment. And uh, Granny Hulkster, you know, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, even though she has COVID, she's still here with us. Uh, because uh, she didn't want to miss uh, your appearance, so uh, she's uh, she's forging through uh, to join us. Um, so we're gonna have some fun here. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, real quick, then we'll uh, then we'll have some fun. We'll talk to you. All right. <laughs> so my name's Keelan. I'm from a small town called Whiting, Indiana. It's literally like the last city you hit right before you hit Chicago. And uh, I started. I'm actually a comedy magician. So besides the comedy I do magic within the comedy so it's pretty interesting and uh, I started magic when I was in the first grade and then when I was in college I started picking up a lot of the the comedy from uh, going to college in downtown Chicago so I learned to go into like Laugh Factory and Zanies and I ended up uh, learning wrestling during that time too so uh, there was a place in Chicago called Chicago Style Wrestling and I uh, started there and uh, I, I believe I have, like, one of the funniest wrestling names out there. They used to call me Magic Mike. And uh, it's interesting because we did it as a joke. Uh, so we uh, we were right before a show, and they're like, what, what do you want to be called? And I was like, I don't know. What do you guys want? What do you, what do you think I should go out at? And somebody jokingly in the, the locker room said, hey, it's Magic Mike. And we ran with it. And the, the crowd loved it, and it stuck. And that's how... We came about that. That's awesome. Uh, Keelan Wendorf is our guest here. We got uh, 29 minutes here with Keelan. So now I have uh, been to one of your shows, uh, as you know, and I have participated in one of your shows, and you are an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, Thank you. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned you started Magic when uh, you were uh, when you were in the first grade. Uh, so did you, uh, did you like, uh, buy, have your, your parents like buy you a magic kit or, uh, did you just like start watching, uh, cause they didn't have YouTube back then. Did you just start watching like specials on TV or what got you hooked? So the, in the first grade, there was a magician that came in and I, for some reason sat in the front row and 
he invited me on stage and I was really way too shy at this point in my life to really do anything. So I, I didn't want to come up, but he insisted for me to come up and do this trick with him. And the trick was he had two paper bags on the stage. He put a red silk in the bag that was closest to me, had me shake the bag and then open it to show that there was nothing in it. And then it appeared on the bag on the other side of the stage. And he did this a couple of times It bounced back and forth. And then he ended up making it like appear like tied to a different like colored cloth. But after the show, he, uh, he gave me a half dollar. He's like, you know what? I want you to have this out of everybody that's been on that stage. He gave me a half dollar and I held on to it. And for some reason, just in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm going to ask my mom to go to the, you know, the dollar store. Cause the dollar store has those like, you know, couple bucks, little magic kits. And I learned from that. And uh, it's funny because I actually want I, I do I have a YouTube channel and I really want to do a YouTube video where I take those dollar magic store kits and go on the street and see if I can fool people with them. That's awesome. Now, so when you uh, you know when you started uh, you know practicing these the, these dollar magic shows and all that. Uh, did you ever think that it would turn into a career? Is that what you hoped, or uh, like when, uh, like when you're in uh, elementary school and they ask you what you want to be when you grow up? Were you, do you say I want to be a magician or a comedian or an entertainer, or were you like oh, I want to be a firefighter? I want to be a police officer. So originally, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a uh, storm chaser. I actually went to college to be a meteorologist. So I was going to pretty much just be your your local weather guy and uh, when I was in elementary school I it, it was very difficult because I'd always perform just for friends I wouldn't really go out and perform for people around middle school is the time that I started actually performing like shows I ended up meeting a mentor uh, he said hey like you you have talent he's like you just need to get yourself out there more so he helped me like you know, do a couple shows, whether it be like a local cafe or something or like the library. And it just started slowly building from there. So uh, it was around middle school is when I actually thought, hey, like I can really do this if I put my mind to it. It's it's definitely interesting because, you know, at first when I started doing it, people really didn't think of it as a serious thing. People were kind of like, oh, you know, you're going to get into high school and it's going to fall off and you're going to go and do whatever. And uh, I ended up running with it. And I'm traveling now, you know, traveling the U.S. performance. And uh, you uh, you have a couple guys that you travel with, don't you? Yeah, so we have Mike Stricker and Tim Brennan, and we have a really solid show right now. Uh, we're just a great, funny group of guys. Uh, we have we have tons of fun with it. You know, and uh, uh, I'm going to uh, uh, mention a few other things, and we'll bring Randy on here real quick. Uh, you know, the show that I was at, uh, that you guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you recall that, uh, you were, uh, you remember where you performed at here in, uh, my neck of the woods. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was actually, it was actually awesome because, uh, you know, people at the time before you did your show, uh, no one was doing anything. People were just like staying at home and doing nothing. And uh, that was actually your show that we went to was actually the first time uh, most of us got out to do anything in public was to see your show and you made it uh, you made it awesome. Uh, 
uh, and uh, I, you know, and uh, I, uh, I was supposed to tell uh, tell you from everybody that we want you back, and uh, we we thank you for uh, breaking up the monotony of uh, being stuck indoors. You know, well, we we are planning <laughs> coming back at some point. And uh, you think maybe you can get the icon on a pass for that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Awesome. Uh, we have uh, Keelan Wendorf as our guest here. Uh, we're going to bring Granny on. Uh, Granny, I know you like uh, magic, guys. So what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, I do like magic. I mean, I, I love magic. And, you know, I'm so you you were a wrestler at one time, too. It, did I understand that right? Yeah, so I uh, wrestled in Chicago for a couple of, I wouldn't say factions, but um, companies, should I say. Uh, Chicago-style wrestling, I did a show for Gale Lucha Libre, which was part of a fusion show. I did Anarchy Pro, and Anarchy Pro was pretty cool because it's at the old Eagles Club that most people have been to. So I know, uh, I know like, WWE's page has been there. Uh, Seth Rollins has been a uh, guest at the Eagles Club, so it's a really cool venue to be like a part of to like wrestle in. Well, see, Granny is a huge wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestler, but I mean, I've been threatened, been thrown in the ring a few times, but you know, okay. but I do not like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels. <laughs> now, I got yeah, a question to ask. When you mentioned Chicago, yes. I know somebody who is a manager-type person that lives in that area, and he keeps trying to tell me how much Granny loves him. And I keep telling this man that that is yet to be determined, and he needs to go take his medication to quit being delusional. Do you, by chance, know someone by the name of Chaz Moretti? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Chaz has been at TSW shows. Oh, God. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. It's been a while. But I know Chaz. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, um, because he's he when Arkansas gets, you know, where we can start running shows again, he wants to make a trip to Arkansas and could come some wrestling shows that I, that I help with, you know, here. Because I, I live in Arkansas. I actually live in Springdale, right. Arkansas. So when you said Chicago, I thought, oh, I wonder if he knows Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the beautiful thing I like about like the Indies here in Chicago is like Chicago is a very big, diverse city, but mm-hmm. the wrestling community, wrestlers, and the fans just all know each other. So it's really cool because it's like once Saturday comes around, you kind of know where everybody's going to be at. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So when you wrestled, what was your one of your most challenging matches you had, and who was it against? So, I I believe the challenge. So my challenging match, I would believe, is against a guy named Exodus, the Executioner. And the reason oh, wow. why it was cha- it was challenging because, uh, I, are you guys big on kayfabe here? Or? No, oh, no, well, go ahead. Go ahead. We okay. we uh, uh, look. We we break kayfabe every week because. Uh, uh, there is no kayfabe with the internet anymore, so go ahead. Okay. So just making sure I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so the idea was uh, I was undefeated in singles competition. And what happened was the beginning of the night, they're like, hey, you're going to face somebody first, 
you're going to lose that match due to them cheating, and then you're going to call out the, the locker room. So pretty much I had a five-minute match, and the ending was I got rolled up, and the other person was supposed to hold the ropes. But they didn't hold the ropes, so it was actually a really clean fight. So I was like, okay, well, just take the mic from the announcer and get mad and call out the, the, the locker room. And then there was this new guy that was super green. Like, this was his first match, and he's a, uh, he's a professional bodybuilder. But they're like, hey, just make oh, him wow. look real. They're like, just make him look really good as possible. So he's like a like a beefed up dude. Like, and I think I have this on my Facebook. So I'll try and send it to Icon uh, after this. But they're like, just make him look really, really good. I was like, sure, no problem. So all I did was like, I he got in there, and I was like, okay, I can take him. And it was just, you know, bump feed, bump feed, bump feed. Get a little bit ahead to where you might get them and then just have them completely clobber you. I was like, all right, sounds good. So we did this whole entire thing. And it, this is the scariest thing ever because for some reason, the booker's like, can you take a, uh, a pile driver? And I was like, you want me to take a pile driver from a green guy? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. This dude's thighs were so big that I didn't even have to tuck. He just, like, by the time I hit the ground, my head didn't even hit the ground. I just had to sell it as if I did. Oh, wow. But it was definitely uh, terrifying trying to take so – uh, like You kind of did like an Andy Kaufman type thing then. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was definitely an uh, interesting match because it was like, okay, he has, enough, like, he has enough strength to carry me, but at the same time it's like I don't want to like overdo anything. But we had a – it was a really fun match. It was just difficult because it's like, okay, like – there was one thing I did feel weird on, and it was a uh, we were supposed to go for a sidewalk slam, and instead of picking me up overhanded how you're supposed to, he kind of cradled me like a baby. <laughs> oh wow! And he's, he's walking wow. me like that, and I was like, okay, well, we'll we'll go with this. <laughs> but it was definitely interesting. I mean, there's uh, there was that, and then there was I did have a tag match once where the ending was a. And this, we did this super fast. So I, I was kind of a, I wasn't really high fly. I, was, I wanted to be more technical, but I feel like the company that I was working under wanted me to be more kind of high fly. So the ending of this tag match that I did, we had to do a, I got knocked down and then my tag team partner knocked somebody else out the ring and he was supposed to be working with uh, the guy that was still the legal man in the ring. He was supposed to work him. He gets overpowered, pushed away. And as he gets pushed away, I get back up, spin the guy around, pick him up for a spine buster. And in the middle of the spine buster, my tag team partner runs behind me, springboards off the rope, and kicks him in the head as I'm, sp- as I'm spine bustering him. But it was like so much timing and like having to stand in the right area where it was like, this might go bad, or I might get kicked in the back of the head. I have no idea. So when uh, when when you're going through this, uh, you know, uh, after you got knocked down, are you singing, I get knocked down, but I get up again? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's how you got to just, you know, have your fun in there. Uh, Keelan Wendorf is our guest here. we got about 16 minutes here with uh, Keelan. So now, haven't uh, you um, – 
had some experiences uh, with uh, uh, some of the bigwigs in the the WWE, like uh, like Triple H and some of those guys. Have, didn't you have some experiences with those guys? So the uh, there's a couple of people that I had the opportunity to train with. I know that we had Shannon Moore come to a couple shows, and he was really cool to talk to and kind of just roll around with if you needed help with something. Um, I trained with the Nasty Boys for one night, and that was pretty funny and interesting because they, Brian Nobbs comes up to me, and he's like, so uh, what's your gimmick? Because he just wanted to get like a rundown of like who you are and what you do, and he's like, what's your gimmick? And I was like, I'm, uh, I'm Magic Mike. And he's like, I swear to God, if we get in that ring and you start stripping, I'm like, no, 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 I do magic professionally, and I transition it into the ring a little bit. And he's like, good. He's like, I was about to whip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's, uh, uh, there's not many people. Uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff, again, I said, with YouTube. And um, I did go to California for a YouTube event, and I did end up running into Xavier Woods, Triple H, and Stephanie at a event, and that was pretty cool. How uh, uh, did you did you get a chance to uh, talk to them, or uh, how uh, if you did, how how are they personally? So Triple H and Xavier were talking on stage about kind of like how social media is working within the WWE, and uh, Stephanie actually sat right in front of me, and it was interesting because I was like, like at first I didn't know what to say, but she was really nice. Like when we got to start talking to her. It was just weird because it's like, you know, everybody there is more of a YouTuber rather than a wrestler. So it's kind of like interesting because everybody around me kind of was looking at it like a fan standpoint rather than like, oh, hey, I wrestle. But I didn't want to be that guy to impede and be like, oh, yeah, I wrestle for this indie promotion in Chicago. I was just kind of like, hey, what's up? You know, like watched you guys growing up. And it kind of like I felt awkward because I didn't know what to say at the time. Well, you know, but, Larry, that, that would be kind of, that would be kind of cool, but you know, it's like, uh, you know, um, it'd be like, you know, like me, uh, and I don't know why I do this, but like whenever I meet somebody famous, which is, you know, not that I'm bragging, it's quite often, but uh, if I was if I was he's uh, you know, serving man or whatever, I was like, wow, you're Stephanie McMahon, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. how I that's how I meet people. You know, and a lot of them say, well, yeah, I know who I am, but who are you, you know? Uh, yeah. But uh, so, but they, uh, Triple H is not, uh, and Stephanie Mia is not the, uh, she's completely polar opposite than the, from what she plays on TV then, right? Oh, yeah. She's like, she was super, like, she wanted to listen to what you had to say. It was really cool. It's like, it wasn't like, you know, I feel like there's some people I feel that like you'd, have this weird like they're gonna be mean or something kind of attitude toward you and they were just super laid back like hey what's up having a coffee keelan windows i guess here we got uh, 12 minutes here with keelan uh so now you know you mentioned you're on tour um so we can uh, do this when is uh uh what's your uh, schedule like um uh for the next uh, few weeks uh, kind of let us know uh, like our fans are listening nationwide, they might be uh, in an area where you're performing at. Let us know when uh, your next shows are so uh, they can come and check you out. So currently, uh, I'm not booked anywhere. We kind of just ended uh, performances in Indianapolis over the weekend. 
So currently, uh, I'm not really doing anything. I'm kind of aiming more for the social media, doing the YouTube videos, Facebook videos, uh, TikTok videos. So aiming with a lot more of that kind of content. We are aiming around next year to do a lot of the eastern and southern states. But I know that we definitely, there's two places that we definitely need to come back to, and that is Fargo, and we've been looking at doing uh, Nashville. That's awesome. So, well, how uh, tell us about the tour that you were on. Uh, how many uh, places uh, did you uh, you go to, and uh, how long were you out on tour? <clears throat> so we do it in spurts, so because uh, the headliner that's with us, he has a son, and we try to make it to where he can be uh, he can go to work and still be with his family. So what we'll do is we'll do like a weekend on, a weekend off, and we've been to North and South Dakota. We did Iowa. We did Illinois, Indiana, uh, Tennessee. We did Alabama, and we still got North like Dakota. A t- North Dakota. North Dakota. I said North South Dakota, I think, but. Uh, yep. Minnesota, but it's, I mean, we're working down the way. We're just going through as much as we can. Cool. Because it's like, you know, for future dates, there's like, okay, we want to come back to these places, but we also need to still go forward and go to these newer places. So it's, it's really cool now that it like touring like this. It's really fun. What was, but, the, what was your, uh, what was your biggest venue that you performed in? The biggest venue. So there's, I would say there's two. There's the, maybe three. So the one I was very happy about was in Chicago called the Metro. And it was just, it was an interesting venue because, you know, that's, if you look up on it, that's like where Metallica like performed when they first started. So uh, it's a decent sized venue. It's a very long room, so it's it's interesting because it's not like a very deep room. It's just like everything's very wide, and it has like a nice balcony to it. So there, and then I've also did the old National Center in downtown Indianapolis. And you know, that was interesting because I was performing in a room. So there's like multiple rooms to this venue. The one room I was in, a bunch of like famous bands have been in, and I think they do wrestling shows in that room too. But uh, upstairs while I was performing, the Lumineers were performing on the main stage. So it was really cool because it was like just getting to share a venue with like a big band. That is awesome. Now, um, now you've also uh, you've also done a few small venues too. I know that the when I saw you here, it was uh, I mean it was a, it was a packed house, but it was a smaller venue. Do you prefer uh, doing uh, big venues or small venues or medium venues, or doesn't it matter? It doesn't matter. I feel like the small ones are fun because, like, even growing up for me, like, that is the, you know, when you, like, when you see people, you kind of want that intimate setting where you can meet people. So say if something happens, say, like, you know, I get bigger or whatever, you can be like, oh, yeah, I met so-and-so, you know, at the brewery or I met so-and-so here. It's just, it's, it's, it's a closer feeling. You know, I feel like I'm actually like, we're like, we're partying rather than having a performance. Cause that's the one thing I don't like about bigger venues is that like, there's such a, a gap between the stage and your audience that you kind of just have to like, I don't know. It just feels like a different vibe. 
is way better getting closer to the audience to me. Uh, Keelan Windor is our guest here. We got uh, eight minutes here with uh, Keelan. So let me ask you this. You know, uh, I want to kind of go back to the uh, uh, magic thing here real quick. But before we do that, uh, so we so we get time for this. If our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got YouTube, you got Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? So YouTube and Facebook are both the magic of Keelan Windor. And then everything from Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at Magic of Keelan. So it should, I mean, if you put at Magic of Keelan for anything, it should pop up for you. So it's at K-E-E-L-A-N. Now, do you have a, I want to kind of touch you, uh, touch a little bit on magic, because uh, ma- I, I just love magic. It's my favorite. It's probably my favorite thing next to the comedy, and you put it all together. Uh, do you have a favorite, uh, what is your favorite trick? My favorite trick? Uh, so, my favorite trick is the, I'd have to say the one with the, the bottle. So, at the show that you were at, I took a, a, a bottle and I made it, I made it seem like it vanished. Took it and I flipped the, I put a, I put a bottle, so this is how it goes. I put a bottle into a paper bag and I wave my hand over it and I flip the bag upside down and you can completely tell that I'm holding the bottle with my hand. And I'm right. like, look, it vanished. And then I wave my hand over again, and I'm like, no, look, it came back. And I show that the bottle's still there. And then everybody kind of has this look of their face, like, what am I doing here? Like, this isn't magic. And then I go, <laughs> oh, well, you know what? We don't need to do this. If I was to make it look, make it actually disappear, this is what it would look like. And I crush the whole bag with the bottle in it, and it's gone. And I it's love just, that trick. I love it. It's it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it's fun because it's like, it goes one way, it goes the other, and it's it's one of those moments because I feel like everybody's seen a bad magic show. So at first you're like, oh, this is this is kind of this isn't going the way I thought it was. And then when I flip it on you, it goes like a different direction. And you're like, oh, that actually kind of was cool. And then we get we get it going. So, um, you know, I was going to ask you. I, I I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but. Um, do you remember uh, those special they had with the Masked Magician? Do you remember that? Do you remember those yeah. shows? There was like you a CW magician? or something. What, what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of that guy? Uh, so, I mean, there's multiple ways to get stuff done. So it's not like it hurts me in any way. Honestly, and this, this is a huge fight amongst magicians in general, is how magic is perceived to the general public and how people, like, reveal things. I feel in some ways it's good because it opens everybody's minds to magic and it keeps magicians thinking more of better ways to fool their audience. But overall, I feel that like it could inspire somebody to learn, but also like, as for me being a performer that's touring and stuff, it doesn't really hurt me because there's so many ways to do certain tricks. Like I can show you the same trick five times just doing it different ways and you probably wouldn't see the difference and you probably wouldn't even notice. Well, you know, it's like, I, I, I think the main, uh, the mass magician back in the, back when it was on one, it, you know, I, you know, I, I hate to see how the tricks were done, but it was mm-hmm. actually kind of cool to see how they were done. 
But I guess the main drawback was like uh, a magician starting out, you know, they pay a lot of money to do, uh, to have one of those tricks and then they just revealed it. I thought that was the main drawback. Yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, there's multiple ways to get a specific trick kind of done, but it's kind of like, I kind of have the same philosophy with wrestling is your audience kind of knows what's happening. But for that, you know, for instance, it's like the 30 minutes I'm on stage or the 30 minutes I'm in the ring. I want to be a good performer to where you forget all that you know and you just enjoy yourself for those 30 minutes. And I feel like that's what people need to know is it's not about knowing what's happening. It's about just enjoying your time. And uh, when you're when you're uh, when you're on a tour now, you mentioned that in 2021 you guys are going to go back out it again. But uh, do you uh, do you guys ever uh, when you guys are out there, do you ever uh, debate like uh, who should open the show, who should close the show, who should be the middle guy? Do you guys flip the coin, or is it just the same order all the time? It's the same order all the time. I, I enjoy hosting and opening the show. I feel that you know. To be the first guy out there, you got to set the bar. And it's also just one of those things where, you know, you never know how a crowd's going to be. So I might go out there and I might be like, hey, guys, what's up? And they might just, like, look at me like, you know, hey, what are we doing here kind of thing. So it's, you know, you got you to sometimes bite the bullet being the first guy out. But I enjoy that. I like testing the waters of the crowd. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, I, I, I used to do a little bit of comedy, too, and uh, I – I I never got to uh, be the the last guy on the stage. I was always the first guy. Now, I used to go up in there and say, "Now, when uh, James and Richard or whoever they were, whenever they come out here, I want you guys to feel welcome. They've never closed one of my shows before, you know." Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like uh, people like, "What is he talking about?" You know, there's I mean, <laughs> you know, there's some people that got it, and there's some people that didn't get it. You know, it's like, yeah. guys, it's a joke. Come on, you know, it's like. Why do I have to explain every joke I'm telling you guys? <laughs> you know, but uh, you know that that's also the the cool thing though. Like when you're uh, after the show, when uh, you know you're in the back of the room and people come back and talk to you, like is that is that is that your favorite thing to do? The interaction afterwards or the interaction during the show, or is it fifty fifty? I would say fifty fifty. It's cool because like growing up when I was learning magic. I did a lot of close-up magic, too. So there was, like, things with, like, cards, coins. So it's cool when people come up to me after shows because I can still, like, if you ask me to do a trick, I'll still do something for you. You know, it's, and it's cool because it's, like, it's right in front of you. And that kind of goes back to your question about, like, do you like smaller venues? Because sometimes it's, like, you know, I like to do the smaller style of magic that I, you know, started on. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. uh our uh, the producer is letting me know that our next guest is on, uh, so uh, I do uh, I do thank you, Keelan, uh, for taking time on your schedule to be with us, and uh, we'd love to have you back on with us in 2021. And uh, uh, I'll be in contact with you when I hear that you're coming back close to me. Uh, I'll let you know, and I'll uh, I'll be there, and I'll uh, uh, you can call me up on stage and torch me again if you want to. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you All for right, having take me. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right.
Keelan Wendorf, ladies and gentlemen. What an awesome guy. Well, I'll tell you what, our next guest is um, is on with us here. So uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to uh, bring her on, and I'm going to introduce her, and then we'll have some, uh, we'll have some fun with this one. I got tons of questions for this uh, individual. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring right now, she is the most beautiful female comedian in the United States today. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sylvia Saint. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, this is Sylvia Sage, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with hosts the Icon, Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey, Sylvia, how are you? Uh, Great. You got, Thanks uh, for having me. You, you got me and uh, Granny tonight. Uh, Big Swing is uh, on temporary assignment, and uh, uh, you know, Granny, uh, you know, she's uh, she's quarantined with COVID, but uh, she's on the show oh, with no. us. Oh uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so. Uh, we're, we're going to have some fun here. We got uh, Sylvia Sage here. We got, uh, well, if you can stand us for this long, we got 38 minutes of, uh, of uh, good time with you. So we're going to cover uh, all aspects of your career if you can uh, stand us for that long. All right. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you want to give us quick a little background, a little rundown about yourself, then we'll have some fun. We'll ask you some questions. All right. Well, let's see. Where do I begin? Um, Well, I'm a stand-up comedian and adult film actress. I've been working as a stand-up comedian for eight and a half years and adult film actress for about six and a half. Previous to that, I worked in healthcare. I worked in hospitals and uh, worked four years in cardiology and four years in chiropractic. Uh, So, yeah, I um, (laughs) left that all behind to start slinging jokes and slinging dicks. So here we are. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned you're a chiropractor, so you really know how to crack somebody up. Uh, Well, I worked in chiropractic. I was not a chiropractor. So, uh, but, yeah, I'd like to think I can. (laughs) And uh, now, so you were an adult film star. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions about that. Uh, yeah, uh, and then you be, you became a comedian, or you're a comedian in an adult film store, or are you doing both at the same time? Well, I started with comedy first, um, and then adults, but I still actively do both. And that that's that that's awesome. Now, uh, so you know, you started out in comedy, then you went into the. Uh, uh, the adult film industry and uh you know i understand if you don't want to if you don't want us to talk about that too much i'll understand that but you know i can't stop myself because you're so damn beautiful but uh so now like did uh was there like a producer uh that came to your show and said you know hey you'd uh be good at, at doing this or how did that come about uh, no, not at all, actually. Um, I had moved to Los Angeles to do stand-up comedy and pursue it um, full-time, um, but by a sequence of events, um, which included a DUI, um, I found myself with very few funds in a very expensive city, and I had a friend who was already working in the adult industry, and I kind of saw 
how much money she was making and thought, well, gee, if I just did a few movies a month, I'd be able to finance my comedy career. Uh, and so that's how it started. And here we are six years later. <laughs> and um, I don't see myself leaving any time soon. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, Sylvia says she's our guest here. we got 35 minutes. Uh, what I'm going to do here real quick is uh, – uh, uh, Grady, we'll uh, we'll bring you on here. Uh, we'll let you ask a few questions, and uh, if you uh, if you do want to rest up and everything, I'll understand that. Uh, that way, we can uh, get you in, and then uh, if you want to hang with us, uh, uh, or uh, you can do whatever. But uh, what do you guys for our guests there, Grady? So you say, go ahead. Well, what made you decide you wanted to be a comedian? Um. Honestly, I had no aspirations of ever doing stand-up comedy. I think I was just really unhappy um, working where I was working and kind of living the life I was living. And I knew I needed to do something different. And I just happened to be attending a lot of comedy shows because I had a friend of mine who was doing stand-up and he would go to a lot of open mics. And I found myself just going with him more or less a way to get out of the house and get my mind off of things. And eventually he put me up on stage without my knowledge. Um, and for whatever reason, that show went well and the crowd liked me. And if you've ever done stand-up or know anything about it, it's an adrenaline rush that's like second to none to feel that energy of a crowd. And I was addicted. And um, from that point on, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. This feeling feels amazing. And so right then and there, I kind of started catering my life, knowing that I was going to leave the medical field and uh, went to, I quit the medical field, actually, um, not immediately, but about a year into doing stand-up, I quit the medical field and started bartending um, so I could do stand-up and still work um, enough hours and make enough money and then I started saving money to move like I just I felt such a passion behind it and it gave me a freedom to say things um that working in a hospital atmosphere you're not allowed to say or think (laughs) so it just allowed me to express myself and like not have a lot of worries behind anything and I think I had worried about what other people thought about me for so long and kind of lived my life for other people that comedy gave me this incredible outlet to stop doing that. <laughs> it was very That's addictive. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I hope you feel better though, Granny, by the way. What a, well, what you know, the sad, thing, the sad thing about this whole crazy thing is when I went yeah. to the doctor today, I had a little bit of a runny nose and what I mm-hmm. thought was a sinus headache. I have mm-hmm. no temperature. I have not lost my taste and smell. I don't even have yeah. a fever, nothing, you know. And yeah. it's just, you know, I just feel like I've had a really bad case of allergies all day because I've been sneezing mm. my head off. And I woke up with a runny nose this morning. But other than that, I'm fine, you know. It just... Yeah. I just got a quarantine now for a couple of weeks, so yeah. Well, lucky that you're one of the lower symptom people, so there's that to be thankful for, you know. Well, I've lost some very good friends because of this horrible disease, yeah. so i I don't want to yeah. I don't want to go that route. So 
I have as well. So I guess I am one of the people who will argue until the day is in that it is real. That is for sure. So um, it is real news out there. I'm just happy you're recovering. So well, thank you for your well wishes. Absolutely. Uh, Sylvia Sage is our guest here. We got uh, 31 minutes here with uh, Sylvia. Now, uh, there is a, a couple things I, I do want to ask you about, um, uh, you know, being uh, being a great stand-up comedian, uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can get you toured uh, close to uh, my area because I would love to see you. And I know that if I beg you, uh, you might be able to get me a backstage pass or uh, a ringside <laughs> seat or something. Right. You know, um, well, as soon as we are able to tour again, I will be doing so. But you know, until it's safe. All right. I mean, because you know, I'll come carry your bags and I'll I'll massage your feet, whatever you need. Uh, you know, to to get a pass <laughs> to do one of your shows. Now, uh, uh, there, um, we have a, a couple uh, fans uh, that are kind of uh, tweeting us uh, right now, and uh, apparently they're they're checking out your uh, Facebook page, uh, and then we'll let you we'll let you pitch that in a second. But uh, one fan is asking me; they said there's a, a a picture of you covered in glitter or something. Oh yeah, that's from Miami a few years back. Yeah. What was it? Was that was that a movie or uh, did you lose a bet or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually um we were doing some work for oh my gosh, I wanna say San Centro sent us down there, um, to Miami to do some promotion stuff. And so one day they hired a makeup artist to um paint us up in glitter and I went out in in Miami and nothing but that glitter, um, for a full day. So <laughs> it was a it was a um a publicity stunt, if you will. Yeah. So, so you weren't you 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 didn't have any like like any pasties on or anything, just the glitter. Just glitter. Yeah, I had glitter and I think a bikini bottom on. That was pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> we even have yeah, pictures gonna... with the police. They uh, they handled it very well. <laughs> so, well, what, what what are they what are they gonna do? Get you for impersonating a glitter queen? Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I had, I loved that day. <laughs> you know that that's awesome. It's like you know I I just you know when you mentioned you went out and just glitter, it's like I just can't imagine you know trying to cover the below the belt with glitter. What that must look like or uh, yeah. Luckily, <laughs> it was not below the belt. It was uh, just my face and my breasts were covered. <laughs> yeah. But I did find glitter for quite some time afterwards. <laughs> And I and I and I and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I, you know, you are a comedian, so maybe I can give you some material, maybe not. But uh, I, I'm just, I bet you're glad it wasn't cold that day. <laughs> Actually, I prefer when it's cold. My nipples look way better hard. <laughs> it's men who are worried about getting cold. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I'll tell you what you uh, you were uh, you were reading between the lines of what I was going there for there. So now we'll, uh, we'll we'll kind of touch on this a little bit. We won't, uh, you know, we 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 touch a little bit on COVID. We're not, we won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but uh, let us kind of tell us how has uh, COVID uh, uh, COVID affected you? Have you had to uh, 
stop doing shows to a certain point. If you had shows postponed, they'll be rescheduled. Have you had to blink your calendar out to a certain spot or uh, how has it affected you? Uh, well, in the beginning, um, in, you know, March and April, May, June, um, I was just as affected as everybody. Everything stopped for me. Um, comedy stopped like everybody else. Um, come around July, things started coming back around here and film production started again. And because there were so many months of no production, um, film it has been very busy. Um, comedy really hasn't started back up for me just because it's very select few shows that are happening around here and and I'm not really down for traveling for shows at the moment. Um, but my schedule has been so busy with filming that I haven't really had time for much else, to be honest. Uh, so everybody in the adult is trying to make up for four months of no content, and uh, and it's showing. <laughs> so I wouldn't have time for comedy if I wanted to. So. So, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're currently filming. Uh, would you be willing to let us know about uh, a film that you're filming now, like what it's called or uh, anything like that? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, what's funny is I never really know the name of the movie until I get to set, and I usually see the script of whatever they've, you know, whatever hilarious title they've uh, they've named it. But um, on Wednesday, I'm going to go to Vegas and shoot um uh, virtual reality porn with um, Kayla Page and Jesse James, or um, yes, Jesse James. So it should be fun. That that's awesome. And uh, now you, uh, well, let me ask you this because uh, you know uh, I, I, you know I, I'd like to talk to you more about comedy, but like you said, you're not really doing comedy right now, and um, yeah, I'm sure you don't want to talk all about adult films, but uh, let me ask you this: uh, Where, where, uh, what can we ask you? I mean, I'm pretty much an open book. I always say, you know, I do a podcast myself called Sexy Funny Raw, and I just like to give real raw answers. Uh, I don't feel like I have a whole lot to hide. So, <laughs> all right. Well, all well, we'll, we'll just well, good. We'll just we'll just go there then. First off, uh, what do I have to do to be a guest on your podcast? <laughs> well, you know, I haven't actually had a guest um, really since uh, March of this year. Um, since COVID's kind of taken over, we haven't done much. But uh, my uh, partner's back on the show, so he and I have talked about getting back into the studio. But usually we only have on porn stars and comedians. That's usually what I interview. So it's called Sexy Funny Raw. So we have our sexy, funny, raw friends. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, when I was, uh, you know, uh, I used to do a little bit of stand-up comedy, and I, I did actually put out a CD a couple of years ago. It went aluminum. Oh, nice. And it went aluminum. <laughs> nice. yeah, there, yeah, there was no platinum for this boy. Trust me. Now, uh, well, tell us about the podcast. When is it on, and how can our fans catch you on that? Uh, yeah, I put up a show every Wednesday it comes out and it's on YouTube if you want to watch the video version or it is also on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere podcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcaster broadcast, you can pretty much find mine. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll uh we'll uh we'll pitch yours and uh, hopefully maybe you can uh give a shout out to uh, ours on yours. 
Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Now, with uh, with your your comedy, uh, we as a matter of fact, we just had a comedian on uh, before you. Uh, we're doing the uh, two comedians in a partridge in a pear tree episode tonight. Um, nice. <laughs> what uh, what is your uh, your favorite part about doing a comedy show? Do you prefer smaller venues or larger venues or medium sized venues? Mm, I love a big venue. <laughs> Uh, there's just something about uh, laughter that um, is contagious. And so I feel like when you're in a big theater, you don't necessarily have to have the whole crowd on your side to feel like you have 10 crowds on your side. (laughs) Um, So even little laughs and like, you know, sometimes maybe they're laughing at somebody else's laugh, you know, and it just, it, there's just something about that feeling of a room being filled with laughter, and I don't even necessarily care if it's at my joke or at me. You know, it just feels good. It feels nice to make people feel nice. I think that's what's so amazing about comedy. You know, anybody who does any charity work or, you know, um, works with anyone less fortunate, they'll tell you that the feeling of giving back is far greater than the feeling of receiving. And that's what comedy is. It's just making that many people feel good and forget things for a little bit. And so if I can do that to a theater of people, then by God, I would love to do it to a theater of people. And it's just harder to connect, I think, in a smaller room. I think people are distracted in a smaller room. Mainly because when I think of a smaller room, I think of a bar show. <laughs> and I think people in bar shows are very distracted. Um, so I guess in a, I would say a big venue, they're, you know, obviously there to see comedy. And it's the show is the only thing. And there's not a lot of distraction. So, yeah. Uh, Sylvia Sage is our guest here. we got uh, 20 minutes, uh, 21 minutes here with Sylvia. Now, I'm kind of curious, as a comedian, you know, uh, I'm sure you've had your fair share, or maybe not, uh, how do you yourself handle hecklers? (laughs) I honestly don't get a lot of hecklers. Um, I'm very lucky in the fact that I think um, when I get to stage and I start to tell people what I do for a living, they're more interested in listening than talking back. Um, I, I've had an occasional heckler and I do, I will tell you, I don't handle them well. Uh, I think I, um, I let them get to me probably more than I should, but then again, I kind of let everything get to me probably more than I should. Uh, so I just prefer if I have a, a nice, good crowd, which honestly for me, I'd say 99% of the time I have a well-behaved crowd. <laughs> So if uh, well, let me ask you this then: if you're um, if you're at a show and uh, um, someone's in the audience, or uh, you know, at when you're done with your set, then you go backstage and you talk to fans or whatever, and someone comes up to you or they're in the crowd and say, "Hey, you know, I saw you nude in a video." Right. How do you handle that? Um. Actually, it's quite flattering for me, so it's those types of comments don't bother me. Um, honestly, at this point in my life, I mean, I'm almost 37 years old, and if someone still finds me attractive and they want to watch my video, then I'm just flattered. I don't get offended. 
uh, take it as like a, uh, it's almost like a pat on the back for me. Like, hey, hey, look at that. They care. <laughs> so it's certainly not offensive whatsoever. And I know that, you know, most of the world watches pornography. And if they happen to think that I'm their cup of tea, well, then they're my cup of tea. <laughs> so, uh, so I would, uh, so you wouldn't mind then if I told you a couple of my uh, favorite movies of yours that I've seen. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> well, I well I can't stop myself, so uh, I I gotta uh, <laughs> I gotta let you know this. Uh, Go for uh, it. One um uh one I hope I uh, you this. uh well well let's see if you do. Uh, the one of my favorites was uh, you know you mentioned you got a DUI. Uh, this uh, particular uh, uh, movie that I saw you in, you uh, you were doing some shoplifting. Oh, okay. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> and I know. Uh, the other one. Uh, was, was Go that, ahead. Was that? Uh, was, what was the name of that movie, or was that was not? Or was it just a scene? I think it's just a scene because it's for a certain like shoplifting like company or whatever. But yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you. Uh, I've worked in I've worked in retail and customer service. Uh, they never ever showed us that type of video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's only at the really nice, uh, expensive uh, <laughs> department store. <laughs> and uh, my other uh, favorite movie of yours I've seen, uh, you were dressed as a nurse and you had a, a pair of underwear in your pocket. Oh, with India Summer. Yeah. Yep, I know it very well, yeah. <laughs> That was actually India Summer cast. Oh, wait, no, that's not the same movie I'm thinking of. Or maybe it is. India Summer was um, had requested me to play that role, I think. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but we've done a few together. No, that's, no but... she was in it. Yeah, she was in it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love India. She's one of my very good friends. So, yeah. But you, <laughs> uh, I, I, probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but you were the more attractive of the two. Uh, oh anyway. well, thank you. <laughs> Eat their <laughs> own, you know. So, <laughs> so now, since uh, you know, you know, we touched on COVID a little bit. Now you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, every everything is kind of getting back to normal a little bit. So, uh, I do you have like a um, have you had like a regular film schedule to kind of get back on track because of the time off, or uh, is it pretty much the same? Um, there is nothing regular about my filming schedule. Um, it is insane. Um, my agent would have me filming every day if, uh, I didn't take some days off. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's more filming than I've ever done. I'm definitely the busiest now than my, have been my entire career. Um, so yeah, it's just tenfold. It's everybody trying to make up for lost time. That's what it is. Now, when you're uh, when uh, you're uh, when you're doing the uh, you know the scenes and everything, uh, uh, do uh, directors uh, call you and say we want you on the film, or do you have to audition? Or I've I've always been kind of curious about that because it's like, uh, how do you audition for a role like that, if at all? Um, yeah, so it just depends. Some of the bigger um, like big feature films like I have done HBO late night um, and I had to audition for HBO 
Um, when you come in, it's more they audition you for the acting role, um, which I know seems silly in a porn, but there are acting roles. Um, and so big stuff like that people will go audition for. But for the most part, um, they really cast it based on you. Like, you know, if someone's writing a big feature movie, they'll go, I want Sylvia Sage to be this person, and they'll write it in for me and cast me in it. So a lot of our bookings are done, like, months in advance for big stuff like that because they, they know they're writing the script for me to play this character. And uh, so, like, when you go in for an audition, you you just, like, uh, you, don't, you just read. You don't, like, take your articles of clothing off or anything like that. You just, you just go in um, and read, right? Well, that's, like, for an audition. So if you're actually going to audition for something, it's going to be a bigger thing. It's going to be, like, a, a feature film um, or, like, an HBO type of thing. But there are what we call ghosties. And go-sees are completely different from an audition. So a go-see is where you'll go and meet, like, um, the bookers for different companies. And when you go and meet a booker, you will go in and take your clothes off. You'll take your clothes off, spin around, basically, like, showing them what you look like naked without any, like, weird posing or anything like that. So they'll just kind of see, like, what tattoos you have, like how your breasts look, how your ass looks, like what things you would be bookable for, basically, because they'll look at, you know, how young you look or if your breasts are fake or if you have an excessive amount of tattoos or if you have a bush, certain things will they'll book you for different types of movies. So you will sometimes go in and just get naked for somebody. <laughs> well, what, which is in the beginning of your career. Which is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, if you were, if I were to bring you in for catching, I'd say, okay, you're hired. You look good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now, so you're uh, doing, you mentioned you're doing mostly filming right now. So, uh, so have you just decided to put comedy then on the back burner then for a while or uh, will you jump back um, into that later? I don't think I've put comedy on the back burner. I think COVID has put comedy on the back burner. Um, and I still very much feel like I'm in comedy for the simple fact of I have my podcast that I do weekly, and I'm a writer as well. So I've written a series, and I'm it's a comedy series that I'm writing and developing and putting into script form, and I meet with a writer's group every week for that. So... I get my comedy outlet. I just get it in different ways now. So, and mainly on Zoom calls. Sylvia <laughs> uh, Sage is our guest here. You know, uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. You know, you mentioned that, that you're doing some writing. Uh, well, yeah. Are, are you, like, doing, like, a, a book series, or tell us about that? Uh, actually, the series that I wrote, uh, as narcissistic as this sounds, it's just uh, basically the story of myself of going from working in medicine and working, you know, having a college degree and working in hospitals and then going into comedy and pornography and my trials and tribulations through porn because it always has not been successful for me. I found myself homeless living in Los Angeles and I had done some really seedy porn and, and then found my way and, you know, 
now making a, a great living and, you know, those different upturns and kicks and whines and things that life creates and uh, made it into like a, a comedy series, which I hope to uh, sell to like a streaming site at some point. So um, February is when uh, you can pitch things. That's pitch season out here in Hollywood. So uh, hopefully by then we've got enough to uh, send out. So who knows? So now the uh, with the uh, with your uh, uh, adult films, uh, do you, mm-hmm. is there anything that uh, you know? Forgive me for asking me asking you this, but uh, is there anything that's like out of your wheelhouse that you will not do? Um. You know, I think now there is. When I first got in, I basically said that, like, I was willing to try anything once. Um, and now there's definitely things I'm not comfortable with. Um, you know, I don't necessarily like um, orgies. Uh, I'm an incredibly clean person. I have a lot of OCD traits. And an orgy for me was just too much bodily fluid exchange. And I wasn't able to keep track of what bodily fluids came from who and what was on my face. And um, uh, I think it was just the anxiety of that uh, is something I don't feel comfortable with. Um, so it's just those type of things. It's like trial and error things that I definitely tried and I'm not fond of. <laughs> so now do you uh, um... – do you prefer doing the um, – and uh, I, I know our fans knew I was going to ask this because, you know, I can't stop myself. But do you prefer the, the girl-girl, the guy-girl, the girl-girl-girl, or the guy-guy-girl, or do you have a preference? I do have a preference. Um, so I actually prefer doing bi scenes, um, and that is where – it's typically me and another woman and two bisexual men. Um, well, I guess I should say that both of us women are bisexual as well. So everyone there is down to have sex with everyone. And those are my favorite scenes because there's no weirdness about, you know, guys touching guys. It's just everyone's there to have a good time. And I love sharing a penis with people. <laughs> in the sense of, like, sharing a blowjob, because blowjobs can be exhausting. Um, So I really love championing off a blowjob to multiple people. And if the guy is there to also help me, I am, like, down for it. So those are my favorite scenes, because I just think everyone is, like, having fun, and that's what makes me happy. And you you prefer doing movies uh, that have a plot, correct? That Yes. You know. I love the acting portion of pornography. Um, don't get me wrong, I also love the sex portion, but the acting portion is what truly, truly makes me happy when I go to set. Well, let me ask you this then. What is um uh, of all the uh of all the different movies that you've done, do you have like a favorite movie that's like like your all-time favorite movie that you ever been in or done? That's such a hard question. I have so, 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 so many. Honestly, 
it really has to do with, I don't even think it has to do with the movies I made per se, but it has to do with like who the cast and crew was there with me. Um, Cause I've made some really, really great stuff, but it's really about the acting and the writing for me. And um, yeah, I think uh, I did a three part series with Sterling Cooper for Dana Vespoli. That was a lot of fun. Um, and that might have been my favorite one to act in. But yeah. Now, when you're, uh, when you know, and I, I don't think, I mean, we've had, uh, you know, we've had a, a adult stars uh, on our show before. Uh, of course, I've always wanted to try and get my hero, uh, Jenna Jameson. I mean, I, I, I love you too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Um, now, when you're, um, when you, uh, when you get. Um, when when you uh, get chosen to be in uh, a movie, uh, how many uh, do they let you know? How many uh, shooting days uh, that you'll have, or do you like do a scene and then uh, they'll like try and edit together? And oh wait, you guys got to do this over again. Does that ever happen? Um, honestly, for the most part, when you go to set, you know it's going to be usually one day. Some movies are two days. You know, if you're on a long feature, it might be three to five days, but they're all pretty quick. Um, and there usually are no mistakes to have to make you redo anything. But I have been on set where the cameraman forgot to hit record and we had to redo an entire sex scene. <laughs> um, that has happened, but it's super, super rare. So did they fire the cameraman afterwards just because he wanted to see you do it again? <laughs> Actually, they did fire the camera guy after that happened, but no one wanted to see it happen again. <laughs> I think everybody was just super pissed off. Sylvia Sage, our guest here. We got uh, five minutes here left with Sylvia, and I, I wish we had five more years. But uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, you'd uh, if if we didn't uh, scare you away too much. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, usually better when, uh, you know, me, Big Swing, and Granny are all together because we just kind of, like, feed off of each other, uh, you know, <laughs> speaking of feeding off. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, we, we would love to have you join us. Again. We're not we're, we're not sending you off yet. We, we, we still have five minutes. But, uh, you know, if you want to join us again uh, so we can have some more fun with you. I mean, I'd love to, sure. So you're uh, you're currently uh, filming a scene or a movie right now. Um, curious with uh, this the movie that you're filming now, uh, and when you do like other movies, do they let you know like, okay, we're gonna film this day, this day, and this day, and then we're gonna edit it and it'll be released in September, October. Uh, how do they let you know about releases and when it'll be available for the public? They usually don't let us know. Um, I mean, sometimes I can film a movie and it'll be out two weeks later, or sometimes I'll film a movie and I'll see it two years later, and I have no idea when it's going to come out. Sometimes I forget I even made movies, and then I see him pop up on my timeline. Usually I know a movie's out because someone tags me in it, but I usually don't know the release. And uh, you know you um, uh, you know uh, uh, you you said your your podcast you do that you said with Wesley Woods. Yes. Uh, 
Do you think he'd ever be want to be a guest on our show? I mean, you can always ask him. I, I don't like to speak for other people, but I would definitely um, bring it up to him for sure. Well, well, see, like I'm saying, it's like you know, you'll probably see him on Wednesday. It's like kind of let him know that I, I'm, I'm I'm interested in having him be on the show, uh, and then maybe uh, you can uh, kind of let him know that I'm uh, I'm a great, awesome guy, and uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you, you want to hire me to carry your bags and stuff like that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is awesome. Uh, Sylvia Sage is our guest here, so we can do this here real quick. If our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a GoFundMe. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much all of the above. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at the Sylvia Sage, and I'm lucky enough to have that little blue check mark there. So anybody else is not me. Um, on Twitter, um, where you can find the more XXX content, I am exactly that, Sylvia Sage XXX. You can find me on YouTube at Sexy Funny uh, Raw. And uh, OnlyFans, don't forget OnlyFans.com slash Sylvia Sage XXX. So now, uh, I'm kind of curious about that. Have you uh, have people stolen your pictures and it proposes you? Oh, absolutely! It happens like on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, and I how do you handle How do you handle that? Um, I mean, I just try to report them, but I also just try to remind people that um, it's usually not me that's messaging you. Um, first off, I don't reach out to other people. So if someone is messaging you from my account, it's not me. So um, that's what I always tell people. For the most part, if you want to talk to me, it's through email um, or on my OnlyFans, which obviously would be solidified that you would be talking to me there as well. But I always just try and tell people that um, for the most part, I won't be messaging you. So uh, just don't fall for the figs and don't give them any money. <laughs> that's all they want. And uh, uh, I I did send you a, a Facebook uh, friends request, and hopefully eventually uh, you'll be able to accept me. I'll, I'll understand if you don't oh. want to be my friend, but you know. Oh I, gosh, that's like probably nobody. so far back. I don't even know, but yeah, I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I I hope it was uh, your Facebook that I sent the friends request. Uh, um, there's um, it's you uh, in like a blue coat and nothing on underneath that. Is, or a black oh, yeah, coat or whatever. Oh, I found okay, it. Right, I added so, you back. There you go. Okay, perfect. And then uh, <laughs> one other thing, um, I'm kind of, uh, curious. Uh, you might know this quote. It takes years as a woman to unlearn what you have been through uh, to be sorry for. Uh, Amy Poehler, she's also a hero of mine. Yes, yeah, that's actually on my Facebook, yeah. A- have you met Amy? I have not met her personally, no. I would is love there, to, um, but is, is there anybody that uh that uh, uh that you would say that was a, like hero of yours that you that you have got to meet uh in your career that uh, you were like thrilled to meet and like hang out with? Oh yeah. Um Anthony Jeselnik was like for me, I was such a huge, huge, huge fan and then meeting him it was like um that was probably my biggest celebrity for me personally, just because I'm such a huge fan. And then um, meeting him was 
just iconic for me. So, yeah. And what's funny is I know bigger stars than him, but for me, I think because I admired him so much, it just, uh, that was something special. So, yeah. And uh, have you, uh, you know, um, you know, you mentioned you've been in the adult film industry for a long time. Have you uh, ever met uh, either one of my heroes? Um, Jenna Jameson is one, and uh, unfortunately we lost her a couple years ago, but uh, China? I did not know either one of them, no. That's awesome, though. All right. Not uh, a Sylvia lot of people, are, just not those. <laughs> uh, Sylvia Sage is our guest here. We uh, we only have a we only have a few minutes here left, but uh, you know I do want to thank you uh, for um, for joining us, taking time out of your schedule, and um, I also want to thank you for the pictures uh, that you autographed pictures that uh, you sent that we'll be uh, giving away to our fans around uh, Christmas time in a couple weeks, and. Awesome. Uh, I when I got the pictures, I'm like, holy, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was expecting. Well, I don't print out the bad photos, only the good ones. <laughs> well, yeah, I I appreciate that, uh, you know, and I have to. Unfortunately, I can't keep them for myself. I have to give them away, but I, I do appreciate the one the the one that you autographed for me is is the best one. Well, thank you. I tried. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Sylvia, you've been awesome, and we want to thank you for taking time on your schedule. Uh, you are so wonderful, and uh, I will be in touch with you. Hopefully, we can get you back on again, and, uh, you okay. know, it's uh, it's very awesome. Uh, we appreciate everything you do, and uh, I guess after this interview, I'm going to go download more movies of yours. Uh, well, thank you so much, and hopefully next time I get to meet the rest of your crew, and I hope uh, Granny uh, has a a speedy recovery and uh, wish you all well and uh, happy holidays. Thanks, Sylvia. Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Sylvia Sage, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, we love Sylvia. We got a couple minutes here left. Uh, so uh, to let anybody know who's going to be on uh, next week, uh, you have to go to our Facebook <clears throat> page off the ropes. Uh, to uh, to find out who we're going to have on uh, because that's just the way it is. I usually update that either Friday night uh, or uh, actually Thursday night or Friday night. So go to uh, Facebook, Off the Ropes. Uh, Granny, you'll be with us next week if you're still there. I believe you are. Um, yeah, I'm still here. And uh, I didn't mean to take all that interview, but, uh, you know. That's okay. Um, uh, and hopefully uh, Big Swing will be able to join us. Uh, you know, like I say, he, uh, he's got a new uh, position, a new <clears throat> job. So uh, we understand, uh, you know, he's got to make a living. We all got to make a living. It's just that uh, <laughs> a lot of us don't like to make a living when our show's on me. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Granny, uh, it's been a pleasure. You know, I love doing the show with you every week. Uh, and uh, we will see you next week. And uh, if anything uh, happens or anything comes up, uh, you know how to get a hold of me. And uh, we will uh, uh, see everybody uh, next week. And uh, don't forget, wear a mask and come back to us next week. Dead man walking. You've done it now.